Support for the My Mike and I podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. What's up, fellas? Listen up. Untribbed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm not talking about your face. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Guys, when I was in high school, when I was in college, I would really struggle down there using cheap scissors, using cheap razors, constantly nicking myself, all that painful stuff. But that's a thing in the past. That's why the revolutionary company Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower too. What a steal. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you could ever need for trimming down there. It keeps you trimmed, cut-free, and smelling real nice down there. Don't use the same trimmer too that you use on your face, on your balls. That's just nasty. It's on your balls. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes a cop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. Guys, we already put deodorant on our armpits. Why are we not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of our body? Yes, our balls stink. Our girlfriends tell us that all the time. (laughs) And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help you set the mood if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade over those pair of used boxers that have been sitting in your closet for years and years. Tis the season to manscape, and so get yourself, your dad, your grandfather, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all this season, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code BIGHEADS, that's in all caps. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. How's it going, everybody? Hope everyone's doing well. You are listening to the My Mike and I podcast, and I'm your host, Noah Alvarez. want to thank everybody that's listening to the show, whether you're a day one listener or you're relatively new to the show. I greatly appreciate you. Couldn't do it without you guys. Also, I want to shout out Generic Sports for producing the funky instrumental in the background. You can find out more of his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. Also go on Twitter and Instagram. Go search him up on generic sports. That's his usernames. He posts a lot of different beats there too. Lo-fi stuff mainly. But he produces a lot of different beats and he posts them on those social media platforms. So be sure to give him a follow. Also shout out to Vince Correa for helping design the My Mike and I logo. Also, we're working on a new My Mike and I logo too to come out in the near future before the year comes to an end. So be in the loop for that. But yeah, thanks to Generic Sports and Vince Correa for helping with the podcast. Speaking of social media, be sure to follow me and the My Mike and I page on social media. On Instagram, you can follow the new My Mike and I page. You could use some followers, guys. And I like interacting with listeners via that page. So it's at my period Mike and period I. Once again, the My Mike and I page on Instagram is, is at my period Mike and period I. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram at noha underscore Alvarez or follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. I post a lot of the listener interaction questions on those social media platforms as well. Before we get into the listener interaction question for this week, I did want to remind you that you could find this podcast on Apple. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on TuneIn. You can find it on Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And if there isn't a social media platform that we're not on, 
be sure to let me know. Slide into my DMs on one of those social media platforms. That way you can listen to it anywhere, everywhere, and with whomever you please. Another thing too, be sure to spread the podcast via word of the mouth. If you like this podcast or any of the previous podcasts, and we have a lot of great ones up in the library. So if you like any of those podcasts, be sure to share with a friend. Nothing better than the word of mouth. Also want to plug a couple of the other things I do because I'm a very busy multimedia journalist. Go follow KBPK on YouTube. That's 90.1 KBPK. That's the Fullerton College radio station that I've been working for. We do a weekly coaches show interviewing athletes, interviewing coaches on a weekly basis. And then a lot of times we put up our volleyball broadcast as well as some soccer broadcasts. And we do different things for that channel. So be sure to stay tuned and follow that as I post a lot of work on there. Also, I'm a writer for theballout.com, so be sure to give them a follow on social media platforms and be sure to keep an eye out for the Outside the Hashes column. I got one coming relatively soon. Try to make them a weekly thing, but it's just really, uh, really, uh, really taxing with this really busy schedule that I have going on right now. So be sure to give the ball out and 90.1 KBPK a follow. I also wanted to remind you guys that this podcast is available on the Big Heads Podcast Network. Shout out to them for putting us on, but it's home to many other great podcasts as well, including the How I Met Your Friends podcast. If you're a fan of the shows How I Met Your Mother and Friends, this may be the podcast for you. Here's a commercial describing a little bit more about their show. Do you watch Friends? Do you watch How I Met Your Mother? Then you should listen to How I Met Your Friends. Hi, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Julie. And we are the ladies behind How I Met Your Friends, the podcast that explores the similarities and theories of friends and how I met your mother. Every week, we watch an episode from each show and dive deep into the crossovers and catchphrases. So if you've ever noticed the similarities between these fantastic shows, come check out our podcast. You can reach us on social media at How I Met Your Friends Pod or email How I Met Your Friends Pod at gmail.com. Boom, Noah Alvarez back in action here with the My Mike and I podcast. Let's go over, before we get into this week's episode, let's go over this week's listener interaction question. And again, if you're not following me on those social media pages, be sure to do so. This week, I only posted on the My Mike and I Instagram page. And this week's question was, ask me your football-related questions for this week's show. I got one question, and that was by Story by King on Instagram. Who you got making the playoffs on both sides? Now, Story by King's actually on this current episode, episode 81. So thank you, Story by King, for your question. And let's get right into it. I think a lot of the teams that we projected to be really at the top of their divisions aren't doing so right now. And let's just go ahead and start with the NFC, the, the, the conference by far that has been the best conference of the season. My obviously locks to get in. I'm going to go Green Bay, New Orleans, and San Francisco. Those three teams are, I think, locks to get in no matter what happens on the season. Unless they have some catastrophic injuries down the stretch, I think those teams are guaranteed in. And for the for the NFC East, that's going to be the tough one because each of those are probably going to win their division. There's a chance Seattle can come back and win the NFC West just as much as there is a chance for Minnesota. But I think Green Bay and San Francisco will get into the playoffs regardless whether they're a wild card or winning their conference. For the NFC East, I got my faith in the Eagles. I really don't believe that much in the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, the Giants and Redskins are way out of it. But if I were to flip a coin, because that's what I think it's going to come down to, and it's probably going to be a 
a team that finishes with a nine and seven record. I think Philadelphia, who's currently five and five, Dallas is six and four. I think Philadelphia makes it out of the NFC East. And then for the two wildcard teams, well, as of this week, I'm going to roll with Seattle and Minnesota. Both those teams are in the spots right now. Last week, I would have guessed the Los Angeles Rams and the Carolina Panthers had a fighting chance out from the outside looking in. But after, you know, just some subpar performances, and I just think both of those teams, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it this year. So, you know, whether like I said, whether San Francisco or Green Bay win their division or get in as a wild card, I think both of them will make it. And then I think Seattle and Minnesota will be those two teams outside of the division winners that will make the playoffs in the NFC. Well, moving on over to the AFC. Duh, this one has to be the easiest one of all. AFC East is getting won by the New England Patriots. AFC North, I think the Baltimore Ravens got this one on lock. The Houston Texans are currently in the lead in the AFC South. They had a big win over Indianapolis this Thursday. Um, and they are currently 7-4. Indianapolis is currently 6-5. and five. I think actually Indianapolis is going to win that division, though. Houston Texans just look sloppy against some teams that they should have beaten, even including like my Carolina Panthers. So I, I think down the road, Jacoby Brissett can stay healthy and much of their Indianapolis Colts offense can stay healthy. I think the Colts will win that AFC South. And the AFC West, guys, this may be a hot take, but I'm taking the Oakland Raiders to win the AFC West. I have a lot of faith in this Raiders team. Derek Carr has been balling out this season. Josh Jacobs has been a really nice running back. And the Chiefs have been banged up. And I think the Chiefs defense is a lot worse than people think it is. They're currently 2-3 and three, this, uh, with a record of 2-3 and three at home, the Chiefs are. So they haven't been as dominated as before. There's a little bit more tape out there on Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not saying he's going to be stopped and slowed down. No, but that defense is going to continue to get gashed. And I think the Chiefs, in order to, have to win, they're going to have to put up 40, 50 points consistently every game, which I don't think they're always going to be able to do so. So those are my four division winners. And the, for the wild cards, I'm going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're still a very, very dangerous team. That's one team I would hate to see in the AFC wildcard. And for that sixth spot, right now I would go to Buffalo. They have a, currently have a record of 7-3. and three. It's tough to go against them. I, I, I got to say, I, I have a lot of faith in Houston. I think Houston can pull off the upset and beat Buffalo for that four, sixth seed. Because like I said, in my predictions, I think the Colts are going to win the AFC South. Nonetheless, I think both those teams are too good to win it. And then you have... A good fighting chance. I think the Jaguars are going to be in it till the end. The Titans are going to be in it till the end. And I think Pittsburgh and Cleveland will kind of hang around. I think they probably finish, you know, both eight and eight and nine and nine and seven respectively. But uh, I think all the four. There's going to be a dogfight for the AFC, and clearly the NFC is a better division. Or excuse me, the NFC is a better conference of the two. But the AFC is going to be a dogfight. I think the NFC is already kind of preset. You can maybe say there's one or two teams in the Panthers or the Rams that have an outside chance looking in and clinching an NFC spot. Thanks again for your question, Story by King. Uh, that's on Instagram. Be sure to follow me on Instagram as I post weekly questions on there to interact with the listeners. Now on to this week's show, episode 81 of the My Mike and I podcast. We're this close to clipping the century mark. And on this week's show, the biggest story of the NFL this past weekend, well, there's been two. There's been the Miles Garrett incident with Mason Rudolph at the end of two weeks ago's Thursday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we have the incident, not so much an incident, but Colin Kaepernick's workout last Saturday. And that drew a lot of national media buzz. So I bring on Malcolm, also known as King. Uh, he's been on the podcast before, too, not too long ago, talking about his new podcast, A Needed Conversation. 
be sure to go follow his needed conversation page on instagram also go follow his instagram story by king he hops on the show and talks about the incident between garrett and rudolph we give our personal perspectives because we both play football through junior college level and he went up to go play at the four-year university level as well and then we also talk about kaepernick and whether or not we think he still has a chance to play in the nfl without further ado here's the conversation between malcolm and i all right so about a week ago one of the craziest endings to an nfl game especially a thursday night football game primetime game browns are up 21 to 7 10 seconds to go 11 seconds to go actually to be specific Miles Garrett like tackles Mason Rudolph, the quarterback, on a screenplay, and then next thing you know, ten seconds later, there's a full out brawl in the uh, end zone. Right. Where were you when you heard about the news, or where were you watching this game? I was at work, and I got the ESPN app on my phone, so I'm at work and I'm putting shields back, and my phone goes off, and I look at it, and it goes, Browns and Steelers have a bench clearing brawl. I'm like what? I press it. And, like, there's no service while we're at. So, precedent, nothing pops up. So, I'm asking other people, like, but what happened? What happened? So, I just get home, and that's when I see it. And I'm just like, it's not as bad as I've seen, but it's just like, I guess because it's the NFL. Yeah. But it was, like, definitely funny. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely funny. Yeah. It was the first bad thing in a while, too, yeah. right? And it seems like. I, I mean, everyone worries about concussions now. That's like the biggest thing. They're trying to take away big hits. Mm-hmm. And so obviously when Miles Garrett took the helmet off and then swung his <laughs> helmet at Mason Rudolph, that's like, that's the kind of like the yeah. end to be all, you know, that we really kind of set it over yeah, the top. Especially in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're not playing that. Yeah. But what was your first reaction? Like kind of like watching the footage It was hilarious to me. It was, because you know, when you play football, like, it gets like that sometimes. It's just how it gets. Like mm-hmm. you get emotional. And I've been I've been in football games where it's been real chippy, so yeah, you want to throw a punch or two, like you know, it's a lot of stuff people get away with. Yeah, I just think sure. that was bad because like the TV and every focal point was on Miles Garrett hitting him in the head. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I think it was like worse, but it was hilarious to me because mm-hmm. he got hit in the head and then he kept arguing, and then uh, Larry Ojibwe, he pushed <laughs> him on the ground. <laughs> then he pushed him on the ground, and then Marquise Pouncey was like. Punching like his helmet and kicking him, and his yeah, like it was just funny. And then mm-hmm. I don't know where everybody else came from. They just came out just to see what was going on, I guess. But it was, it was funny to me just because I, you know, I've been to Chippy games. I know how it gets. So it's yeah. like, oh shoot, here we go again. Yeah, and you've been around football players too. I mean, offensive line, defensive line. Those dudes, you don't fuck with those dudes because no. every play they're constantly banging heads with other people. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys, I don't want to say like those are the most ruthless guys, but those are the guys like quickest to fly off the handle because they're just constantly getting contact every play, every single play, battling out with someone right in front of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, you talk to, even when you a skilled position and you talk to the defensive line and O-linemen, they're already on edge. Like, <laughs> they, they're quick to let you know how they feel because they are already so emotional about just angry mm-hmm. he's poking me in my eye you know they all you always hear that mm-hmm. he's poking me in my eye he's holding me he's to pulling me he's doing this he's choking me and you sitting there like hey bro where's that guy i got pushed earlier like, <laughs> like they really be out there fighting so it's like i i mean it's a like when you play football i think it was 
it blew up more from people that don't play football that right. don't know how it gets. Because when you play football, you're like, that ain't nothing but a practice. Like, I've seen people get hit with helmets mm-hmm. all day in practice, but nobody says nothing because, you know, there's no TV. I mean, there's no cameras and nobody's looking at it like that. Right. But I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I hate to say it like that, <laughs> but I thought it was hilarious because, I don't know, it showed the real NFL to me. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it because I know how people are. When you're in the game, you're emotional, and somebody's poking you in the eye, they doing little extra stuff, and you just like, we're going at it now. Yeah. So it's like, finally the NFL is showing what the NFL is. Like, it's a contact sport. Right. Nah, Emotions like, are going to be high. So yeah. it's kind of like, this certain thing is going to happen. You mm-hmm. just can't, you know, you can't censor everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to just show, like, all right, this is how it is. Yeah. I had a coach tell me football's not a contact sport, it's a collision sport, right? Kind of like mm-hmm. saying that it's, it's not people just touching you because basketball is a contact yeah. sport, you know what I mean? Or baseball could be a contact sport, hockey could be a contact sport. Football's a collision sport because people are running at each other sometimes full, full speed. speed. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like that's the purpose of the game. And you're right. Like I think there's a lot of uh, non-football players who watch football now, so they're trying to make it PG, mm-hmm. trying to get eliminate big hits for obvious reasons, you know, for the concussions and for the players' health long term, which is good and all. But every now and then, you're right. Like there's a lot of these non-football players and these non-football like analysts who work for ESPN mm-hmm. and Fox Sports, and so the next day, like they all give their opinions and Miles Garrett should be, uh, you know thrown in jail, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, and it kind of just making it, like blow, like you said, blowing it out of proportion, that's how I felt mm-hmm. too. Because if you're around the football field, if you've been around teams, if you've been around offense and defensive line, you know that stuff happens every day every of practice. Every day. Like, you know what I mean? At least once a week. You know what I mean? In any competitive football practice, your old linemen and D-linemen are going to fight mm-hmm. at least once a day. Your receivers and your DBs are going to fight. Your running backs and your linebackers getting fights because these are the positions that go against each other every day. So every time an offense needs to do a drill, the defense line has to be there. Mm-hmm. Every time a receiver does a drill, there's a DB right there. And you're physically hitting each other. You might have a bad day. You don't know what happened to Miles Garrett that day. Mm-hmm. He could have had the worst day of his life. And then... You know, everybody talks about Miles Garrett, but nobody talks about what Mason Rudolph was doing. Right. Because I would have been upset, too. Like, he was literally on the ground, grabbing his helmet and turning his neck. Like, mm-hmm. hold on. Like, I'm not about to just let you do that. This is... Yeah. At the end of the day, this is a prideful sport. Mm-hmm. So, if you're trying to punk me, I'm going to let you know you can't do that. No matter how big you are, no matter what. Just based off, if I let you know you can, every play you're going to do it. Yeah. So, it's like a... Bully or be bullied sport. Yeah. That's just, like, the best way to put it. When you think about, like, competitive football, you know, when you think about, like, Pop Warner, it's just like, oh, just go around and run. Yeah, everybody. But, like, college and, like, NFL, when it's like, we are the two best on the field, or we're going at it. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what anybody else said, we're going at it. Mm-hmm. And when he got up, see, that's what we want to say. When, he, when Miles Garrett got up, he had his helmet in his hand. It was over with. Yeah. Like, everything was over with. Miles Garrett was walking away. Uh, I think it was Villanueva? Is yeah, it was Villanueva or DeCastro, one of the two. And he was, they were just walking away. Mason Rudolph stands up, runs over there, and starts his altercation. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like this. If you're going to attack somebody, right, mm-hmm. why attack somebody with a weapon in his hand? Yeah. That's not the smartest <laughs> thing you can do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
If I'm gonna attack somebody, I'm not gonna go attack the guy with a bat in his hand. No, that's just stupid. Cause there's a chance he can use that bat. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. Like I watched the Aaron Donald fight. Well, he ain't really gonna fight. But he was on the sideline. Right. He took his helmet off. Took his shoulder pads off. And he's upset. He puts his helmet back on and runs to confront the guy. That's smart. Protect yourself at the end of the day. Like if you know I don't have no helmet on. Right. This is a 295 beast. Like he's not a that's not a that's not a human. When you're that big, yeah, that fast and that strong, you're not human, bro. Like, <laughs> like you're not regularly made. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why would you attack him? Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, he's gonna retaliate. Should he retaliate like that? I'm not gonna say he should have went that far, mm-hmm. but I I just I I expected it. Yeah, because I just I we've all been if you play competitive football, you've been in positions where you've been on the field. You've gotten either you either push somebody, you punch somebody, you kick somebody. Like <laughs> people don't know what goes on under them piles. Oh, for sure. You know, when you're in them piles, you might get elbowed. They might try to break your finger. Mm-hmm. I know people that have been choked. Like I know people who used to like try to put their finger in dudes' buttholes. Oh, just you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because on the bottom of the pile, it gets <laughs> nasty under them piles. Like right. when you got eight people laying on top of you. Can't nobody see what's going on. Nope. It's like a it's like a cage match in there. Like it's a mm-hmm. UFC fight, and it's like so when it happened, it was like all right, I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I like what uh, the old lineman did though. He got Miles Garrett, threw him on the ground, yeah. just laid on top of him. Yeah, that's the that's perfect it. scenario. Yeah, you know, because it's trying to neutralize the situation. That's all he did. Yeah, and what Pouncey was doing, I have no clue. Yeah, because it's just like. You punching on the helmet, bro. Like he yeah. don't. He don't see. I don't that. have a problem with that because as an O lineman, your job is to protect your quarterback. To a certain point. Uh, to a certain point, yeah. right? Like and like the the kicking the helmet thing is is kind of dumb. But like, you I mean you got to make a statement for you know after what Garrett did to your yeah. quarterback. I, I get know. that. It's it's all about respect at the end of the day, yeah. and so like you gotta sometimes put respect on that guy's name, you know. And then I checked yesterday, and it was like, uh, Mace Rudolph is not going to press charges. Nope. And it's like, I, I didn't know that he w- you could. Like, if that was the case, I know a lot of people that could be in jail for the stuff that happened in football fields. Because mm-hmm. I think Mason Rudolph realized, like, this is a passionate sport. Sometimes things happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I play football. When you play football, you just know. It's certain things you know can happen on the football field. Mm-hmm. If you get in the fight, then it's like, all right. We are, I mean, hitting each other every play. Like, I am pulling and grabbing you in every play. It might get pushy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the stuff you realize. Yeah. Should you expect to get hit in the head with a helmet? No. I think that's a little like overboard. Yeah. But I was I was always told what happens between the lines it stays between the lines. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and what happens outside of the lines stays outside of the lines. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing, like, with Rudolph, when he said he's not going to press charges, he made that apology, the statement, right yesterday. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the time of this recording, it was yesterday. And um, he basically saying that he, he acted uh, ill will, too, right? Mm-hmm. That he, he had a lot of part in the fight and whatnot. And I think that's one thing I didn't like how the media portrayed it yeah. in the beginning, because they just said, oh, it's all on Garrett. Garrett's the bad guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, Garrett should be banned, all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Garrett should be, you know, thrown in jail. When when you watch the replay, Mason Rudolph's a huge instigator. 
right? <laughs> you mean he's trying to take off his helmet, like you said, and even on the way up when Miles Garrett's picking him up, he's kicking him in the groin. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people saw that either. So if you had the chance to see that, then you saw. Uh, granted, like like you just said, two Miles Garrett shouldn't have swung the helmet, but I don't. I feel bad for Mason mm-hmm. Rudolph and what he got because I think he got what was coming to him. Yeah. Uh, and just me, like, work, I, you know, I was talking about with my friend the other day, my coworker. I work with kids a lot, you know what I mean? Kids, when I'm working with kids, you see the bullies, and, like, bullies aren't the people now who just, like, put your head in toilets and mm-hmm. give you wedgies. Like, that's no longer the present-day bully. Mm-hmm. Bullies are people who will say shit and instigate you and try mm-hmm. to do things, like, under the cover, behind your back, but that's going to piss you off just to get you in a reaction. And usually the person who gets bullied is in trouble, not the bully himself, because mm-hmm. you don't see all that little stuff. And I just thought that was, like, a perfect example, Mason Rudolph kind of instigating it but no one sees it and then we see the big retaliation by miles garrett and then another thing too my coworker brought up too i mean we've all played football how many times does the n-word get used on the football field Every, right by so, everybody right and so obviously mason rudolph wasn't mic'd up and neither was miles garrett but you know there's probably some things that were said too that miles garrett didn't take a liking to mm-hmm. so you know there you factor in all those things and and the fact that mason rudolph didn't press charges and say now he's apologizing on apologizing for his behalf too I just think, uh, granted, yeah, Miles Garrett did a really bad thing, but Mason Rudolph had just as big a part of it as Miles Garrett did. I think the only bad thing that Miles Garrett did was hit him with the helmet. Yeah. Everything else that Miles Garrett did, I have no problem with. Mm-hmm. If Miles Garrett punched him with no helmet, he probably deserved it. Yeah. But the helmet part is like, all right, that's a weapon. Yeah. At the end of the day, so that's the only part where I feel like he shouldn't did that. Like when he was on, when he's up there apologizing about everything else. Yeah, you don't have to apologize for none of that stuff because it's football and people who know football are like you know that happens mm-hmm. every day but the helmet was the only thing that was like bad mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying then like I don't understand how Vontez Burfitt got mixed into the match like and that was random to me when people like he the Vontez like how can you compare that mm-hmm. and Vontez Burfitt is like how, like how did I end up in the mix of Miles Garrett Fighting and hitting somebody else's helmet, like I didn't hit anybody with no helmet. I think I don't know. I just think certain players get that bad rep, and then now it's like everything you do, you just seem like a bad guy. Yeah. Every big hit, no, yeah, bad guy. Yeah. And it's like they. I think they like you know what they used to say in football. It, second person always get caught. Yeah. That's what they always told us. Like they do this, don't don't retaliate because you always want to go get caught. And it's true. Like, I've been, like, I was a real big instigator. I'm not going to lie. Because I knew if I can get into, like, the opponent's head, I won the battle already. Right. So, and when you play corner, you know, you get away with a lot of things over there. Because not too many people are looking at you. So, I would push people. After the play, I give you a push. A hard push. Maybe an elbow. And I'm little, too. So, I might elbow you. You know, somebody's 6'4", I elbow you real quick. Because I know one thing for sure, like, you swing on me, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to fall to the ground. I'm going to make it seem like this is just, you know. But this is stuff that, these are like the unspoken things that happen in football. Mm-hmm. Fights, you know, people talking shit, people elbowing you, you're going to get hit. If you think you're just going to play a football game and only get tackled and that's yeah. the only physical contact you're going to get, football might not be the sport for you. <laughs> like, right? like, even with, I don't know if you remember, remember, uh. Richie Incognito. Yeah. And it was like, he's a bully. That's bullying? 
like I understand they were saying that all the racist stuff and stuff like that. To a certain point, yeah, okay, that was too far. All right, but like this happens in high schools. Mm-hmm. It's just how they treat the freshmen. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman. That's how they treated us. It wasn't like I don't know. We didn't take it too serious, but mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. But it's kind of like that. What happens? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I know the same thing. The same people that was getting messed with and hazed three years later was doing the hazing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like they're going to talk shit. Yeah, your teammates are going to talk shit. The fans talk shit. Like football is not a nice sport. Nah, not at all. <laughs> like, at all. So, if you come in thinking you're going to expect a nice sport, it's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> like, no. Like, it's just it's not, not going to happen. Like, so you're going to be in a very messed up position when reality hits you. Like, all right. Yeah. The fans are talking shit. You know what I'm saying? When you got to walk into a home game and you, like, got to walk through the... They say a lot of crazy stuff. you mm-hmm. just like, wow. You know what I'm saying? When you get... People throw stuff at you. It's wild. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. Not, I mean, yeah, hit him with the helmet. That's the bad part. Everything else, it kind of over-exaggerated. Yeah. Like, he punched him. You punch me, I'm going to punch you back. That's yeah. just how it goes. Like, eye for an eye. Yeah, like, especially in football. Like, right. Football is just a whole different reality mm-hmm. than the outside world. Yeah. Only nice guys you got in football is Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. Oh, and that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. Mm-hmm. And so everybody else, like, I expected it. At of course, day. yeah. If it was gonna happen this year, it's gonna happen next year. It's gonna be something next year that people talk about how bad it was. Every year is just something that's like it's the worst thing in football. No, it's not. It's just football. Mm-hmm. You know, if it happens all the time, then it's not like a freak occasion. Mm-hmm. It happens every day. You go to a football practice right now. Somebody's fighting. Oh yeah. So it's like. All right, they got to fight. Cool. Suspend them, move on. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even think it's the worst thing that's ever happened in a football game. I mean, obviously, after that event, there's just like every sports network likes to recap like all the old mm-hmm. stuff that used to happen in games before. But, I mean, people forget Albert Hainsworth, man. There was a dude, offensive lineman, laying on the ground. <laughs> Albert Hainsworth just straight on stomped on him. You know what I mean? And we've had Nadama and Sue doing very similar things. Uh, there was a whole fight between Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson. Yeah, that so, I mean, there's been a lot of bad things. And I think worse things that have happened than what Miles Garrett did, which was a retaliation to something that was like both mm-hmm. parties involved versus where Albert Hainsworth and sometimes Dominic too. That was just malintent. Mm-hmm. You mean, these guys are just wanting to be evil. Saw the opportunity said, hey, I'm going to step on your junk. Or I'm going to yeah. step on your face. You know what I mean? That's that's evil shit, you know? And then when you think about it, like, that's a rivalry game, too. Mm-hmm. That's the Browns versus the Steelers. Those are really they really don't like each other. Like those are real hated teams. Mm-hmm. They really don't like each other. Brown Steelers, like certain games, you just I expect to be chippy at all times, no matter what the record is. None of that. If yeah. these two teams are playing, I expect it to be a physical game because mm-hmm. these are rivals. They don't like each other. They all their fans hate each other. Like if if the Raiders play the Chargers, you're going to be like, right, oh yeah, it's going down. Yeah, and I you know you got to prepare for that. So I don't understand why it's like, I don't know, I just feel like certain games you should expect yeah. certain things to happen just because, for one, it's football. For two, it's personal. It wasn't like, it wasn't a personal game, you know, because both teams are trying to make the playoffs, so they're playing their heart out. 
both teams already got struggles, so they're already emotional because it's not the season they expected. I mean, I don't see to a point. I get Miles Garrett hit him with a helmet. That's bad. Everything else is like that's just football. Mm-hmm. They're gonna talk mess. You're gonna get punched. You might get kicked. You might get poked in the eye. You may get spit on. You know what I'm saying? I had a yeah. friend, <laughs> a D lineman. He used to grab dirt and throw it in the old lineman's <laughs> eye, and then slap him in the helmet. And this is what he did every play. He told me. So it's kind of like, all right. I would be upset if you threw dirt in my eye and slapped me in my helmet. Like, that'd be like, all right, we got to fight. Yeah. After, like, the third time, I was like, all right, bro. Now it's, you're going to have to stop. Mm-hmm. I need to make you stop. Yeah. Because I can tell the refs all day, they're not going to do anything about it. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't know. I think people in the NFL, they give too much, like, on the ref. At the end of the day, refs will not see everything. Mm-mm. They will not see everything. They're not perfect. They're not looking at all. There's not 11 refs looking at one player each. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you can get away with some stuff, I'm going to get away with some stuff. Even if you tell the refs, like, hey, ref, this is what's going on. Bro, I still got to look at 13 <laughs> yeah. other, like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, exactly. You want me to just make sure that you don't get punched? No, bro, I'm trying to make sure everybody doesn't get punched. Like, yeah. I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. So it's like, a lot of things get away with in football. But it's just, when you get the cameras... And it's you know, primetime television. It's Miles Garrett. Then it's like, all right, that's bad. Yeah. I just think it's bad because the level he's at, how good he was, and then all the hype around the Browns. I think a lot just built that up bigger oh, than sure. what it was. Yeah. That was bigger than Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they can say what they want. Media's going to blow it up. That was bigger than Miles Garrett. Yeah. And if you look at the Browns situations, like one of the biggest critics is or criticisms on that team is Freddie Kitchens, first year head coach. Mm-hmm. But that team's always, that team all year has been undisciplined, uh, and they've had a lot of games where they have ten plus penalties. They they do a lot of stupid stuff, mm-hmm. and that's really kind of derailed their season. So like, Freddie Kitchens doesn't really have a good grasp on the team, and so like you said, it's bigger than Miles Garrett. I just think that it's really unfortunate that he was put into that situation. Yeah. Because if you look at it, too, I mean, if you talk to people from that knew him at Texas A&M, uh, this dude's a smart, really soft-spoken dude. Uh, I was looking it up, too, and a lot of articles say this dude wants to be, like, a paleontologist mm-hmm. after yeah. he's done. You know what I mean? So it's not some, like, violent dude with a history like Vontez Burfick, mm-hmm. who a lot of people were comparing him to, where Vontez Burfick did take those cheap shots, or he was twisting people's mm-hmm. ankles and piles and stuff like that. So he was doing very, like, dirty things. This is Miles Garrett's first incident. You know, what I mean, granted, all it takes is one, one, yeah. uh, one incident to change person's a person's perception of you. But that's it's pretty unfortunate for Miles Garrett, a dude that I'm sure regrets doing what he did, but like doesn't deserve this kind of criticism and hate for it. I remember I read an article, I an interview with Odell Beckham about Miles Garrett, and he said he's quiet. He just he just does his own thing. Like mm-hmm. he's not even worried about no, yeah, what's going on. He's just doing him. <laughs> And then I read one about Miles Garrett, and they was asking him, like, how's it feel to have Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and all this other stuff? And he goes, I play defense. Like, yeah. I just stay to my my side, as long as my side's doing good. Yeah. As long as they do their job, we're going to be all right. Yeah. All the rest of the dancing and stuff, I'm not worried about. Mm-hmm. And that's just some type of person he sounds like he is. Like, he just want to go play football. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like a job for him. Yeah, it really is. Like, he's it not like, like he's not like, I think sometimes people see See, when people think football players, they think of, like, the Deion Sanders, the 
dancers, the nice chains, the mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But not everybody's like that in football. You got some football players that don't even want to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. There's some of them that don't even want to talk to people. So it's like, that's just their personality. Yeah. So just because he plays football doesn't mean he's a big, aggressive, violent person. Mm-hmm. No, he just plays football. He's just good at it. If somebody's good at like something painting or something like that is real artistic and real soft, you know, I'm like, oh, he's just a nice person. He could be the, yeah, he could be the biggest gangster in the world. But yeah. just because he paint, don't mean he's, you know, it's just his profession. It's just what he's good at. Right. And if he pays millions of dollars, I would do it too. Right. You know, if they told me that I could be a plumber and make millions of dollars, I might be a plumber. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have nothing to do with my personality. It's right. just I'm a plumber. That's my profession. Yeah. I don't know. Football players always got a bad rap, though. Yeah. From high school teachers to college professors to mm-hmm. females, you always get it better. You tell us why you play football. Yeah, they just automatically think they know you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, like you have no clue who I am. Not everyone fits that stereotype. Exactly. So the next question I wanted to ask you is because we we both played football. Did you ever have an incident where you kind of flew off the handle and did maybe something you regret? I'll let you go first. <laughs> Me? Yeah, yeah, go first. No, not me. Uh, no, I'm messing with you. Uh, <laughs> shoot, every, all the time. I was, like I said, I was real, I was real, like, provo- not provocative, but I was real, I was out there. You know what I'm saying? And you play corner, it's like, those positions, like, you gotta have that, that edge. Mm-hmm. Because it's just me and you. So I was real big on, I talk a lot of mess. I would, I, would like, I would talk to people, you know, you lined up in front of them, can't nobody hear you, and I ask them different questions. And see, I look, but I would ask you questions, and it would be like, bro, shut up. Because I would ask questions like, hey, bro, where you, what city are you from? Yeah. And I'm, I'm breaking you down. Because uh-huh. once you start talking to me, I got you. Whether you once you start talking, I got you. Because now I can feed you into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I would start off just having random conversations, and then I'd be like, hey, your mom here? I'm like, well, she just wasted 10 bucks. Bro, you're not getting off the line. I'm about to beat you up the whole time. Yeah. So now we're going back and forth because now I didn't your your family in it and all this yeah. other stuff. And so now once I got you talking, I'm comfortable because I know I'm winning. Like, I know I'm winning because now you're responding to me. You you acknowledge that I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm in your head now. So everything, every little thing I do, you're going to respond to. So now, hey, I'm like... Give you a push after after the play. Might give you a chippy little shoulder. But yeah, I've definitely been in fights. I remember six oh five game, all-star game. It was just a big emotional game. I don't know why. As an all-star game, like you would never think all-star game because they used to come to our practices. The other all-star team would come to our practices and we, you know, we wow. This is a whole people from Long Beach, LA area. We like, we going up. Yeah. You know, so I had a lot of people on friends on my team and it got real chippy real fast like real fast and I think my homie Lewis he like ran somebody over like in the first kickoff damn like the first kickoff like just completely demolished the dude and we was just talking after that and then the homie Josh he got blindsided by a lineman and this is a big dude at the end of the day he probably like six foot like 300 pounds I don't even think I did anything mm-hmm I go over there and I push the dude. He don't even go backwards. I just push him. You know, it's like, a, it's just a, 
it's the principal effect. Yeah. You're not going to punt none of my teammates. Exactly. Not while I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And it got chippy, and I just got kicked out. Dang. And it's, it's, you a, got it's out for that? an all-star game. Because yeah. it's been so oh, chippy yeah. that it was just like, so it's an all-star game. And I'm like, dang. But it's my last high school game. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? So I think I kicked out for the whole first half, I got kicked out. And then we got, went back in the second half. They let me go back in. Okay. You know, and so, but it's been a lot of situations where, I don't know, there's been so many, I can't even think like a specific one. I think yeah. that was, was like, I remember that one because it was the last college game. It was like, I mean, last high school game. It's like, all right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, whew. Every day, honestly, I've gotten more fights. Well, no, I can't say that. <laughs> I was gonna say in practice, but no. I don't know. I wasn't real. Like I said, I talked a lot of shit. Yeah. If I'm here, I'm gonna let you know I'm here. You gonna get hit. You gonna get pushed. I'm gonna I'm gonna show off a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a part of my personality. It's part of who I am. Yeah. So it was kind of like I had all types of altercations. Yeah. All the time. For me, I, I was pretty like soft spoken, very calm demeanor. But there was like two incidents. One was in uh, it was back in high school. And we were doing seven-on-seven seven drills with the offense. Mm-hmm. And I was a junior at the time playing scout D for the uh, the varsity starters. And a lot of them were seniors, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they run out. They were just, you know, seven-on-seven, seven too. And we're in shells that day. We're, we're not in full pads. We're in shells. And it's not supposed to be a full contact con- of seven-on-seven. Seven. So mm-hmm. we're just, you know, supposed to wrap. We're not taking anybody to the ground. So they throw a swing pass. And I'm the linebacker going to go chase the running back down. They throw it to and I guess the tight end that on our team, he must have run it out or something because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, as I'm about to close in and wrap, I get blindsided, right? Hard, too. And I remember I got hit so hard where I rolled up onto my feet, but because it was such like a like fast movement, I just immediately fell down to my knees. And like it looked really bad, but I was fine. Like They tested me for a concussion. And I, didn't, I didn't have one. Luckily, it was a pretty clean hit. But I remember I was just super pissed because I was like, bro, like, it's not even a, yeah. it's not full contact. And, you know, I remember my junior year, my senior class was kind of douchey. Like, they were a bunch of, like, cocky white kids. Some of them were. And so that's what the tight end was. And so later in that drill, after let me go back in and make sure I'm all right, he runs a, just like a drag over the middle. And again, it's not full contact. <laughs> but this time I get him pretty good and he doesn't see it coming because he's, you know, he's got yeah. his back turned to me as he's catching the ball. So I lay him out pretty good, and coach gets in my face like, hey, why, you know, this is not supposed to be full contact. Like, wrap up. And I'm like, bro, did you not see what he did a couple? You know, I was, I was pretty upset at the coach, and I voiced my opinion, and he had to calm me down. Then he also, you know, scolded him too later for it and made it even. But I, that was one of the few times where I, I had, like, an actual, like, vengeance out to get mm-hmm. somebody, you know? Because that, that just wasn't, like, to me, that, like, really sent me over the top. And I remember, like, in high school games, we get in brawls and stuff, but nothing, like, me as an individual would go out and like headhunt somebody, you know, or just trying to do something ill vicious, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, we we're always part of brawls. I remember we were playing San Clemente my uh, my sophomore year, and one of their receivers got tackled into our sideline. And then the way he got up, I think one of our coaches was actually trying to help him up, but he took it the wrong way, punches one of our coaches, and it just he's on our sideline. So next thing you know, all 11 players of San Clemente are running onto our sideline and our right. players on the thing are swinging. And so I'm throwing people off. And it was, it was, it was, that was a pretty interesting altercation. I remember at Golden <laughs> West, I'm not getting into names because it's my dog, but 
if you was to go to SAU, you know what happened. But so it's a punt, right? And I don't know if you ever. Well, I know you've been to Orange Coast College. You know how they got the rails and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we, it's a punt team, and we playing like Pasadena College. And one of the punt, one of the gunners is running on the sideline, and he gets put on. He gets put on the sideline by our one of our corners or blockers. But he's on our sideline, right? And nobody's paying no mind to him because it's like you know down the sideline, so nobody's even looking. And he's on top of our player, punching him in the head. Nobody's paying attention to this because it's like you watching the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you're yeah. not even looking over here. What's going on on the sideline? So after the play, like I look and I just see a whole bunch of people running over there. And it's like everybody, like everybody on our team is just like punching on him. I'm just like, whoa, what is going on? And you know how that wall right there? He somehow gets to the wall, right? And he's like trying to climb out the wall, like trying to climb Pasadena off the play? field. Yes, that's key. It's that bad. He's trying to climb out the field. You remember that? He's trying to climb out the field. He just like, they just like going. I know exactly what it was. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And, but he's just getting like, boom. And like, so he's like, and so the parents just like trying to tell certain players to stop. Stop, stop. So they got their hand out like pointing at people to stop. <laughs> yeah. He's reaching for their hands like, save me. Like, he's literally trying to like, crawl his way out of there. One of our biggest O-linemen, probably the nicest guy I ever met from New Zealand, Nick Purcell. Yeah. Just the nicest guy. He ended up playing for the Eagles right out of Golden West. Right. Goes over there, picks him up, like literally picks this grown man up and carries him all the way across the field. Yeah, bro. And the whole time this is happening, all the Pasadena players, none of them ran on the sideline. Yeah. They were spooked. They was just like looking from afar. Mm-hmm. And I remember that while Nick was carrying this guy out, the guy's look on his face was like he just saw a ghost. And it was <laughs> like, don't mess with Golden West. Yeah, <laughs> like, bro. It, it he knew bad. it. Like, he instantly knew he made a bad decision. Oh, it was, bro. It was bad. I've never seen somebody like get held down and just get drilled that mean like he was literally grabbing parents hands mm-hmm. and like hanging on for dear life like it was crazy I ain't never seen nothing like that and then when you like an 18 year old kid you know what I'm saying like I'm not the biggest guy yeah you know what I'm saying so you see like these people just like oh he's gonna die like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like he might not make it out of here it was that was by far the biggest like brawl scene it wasn't even a brawl it was just like yeah, we just jumped him, and you know, but it was fun. Yeah, well, it wasn't fun, but it was hilarious. It's yeah. definitely funny knowing, like, especially Coach Mitchell's next day commentary about it on Huddle while watching film is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, because you know how Coach Mitchell yeah, is yeah, so calm course. and like nothing really matters. Like, like you know how he yeah, is. Yeah, of course. So to like it was just it was just hilarious. It yeah. wasn't hilarious because he really got, <laughs> but it was hilarious. It's funny to watch. Oh, it was, oh, it was, it was definitely funny yeah. to watch. <laughs> I remember too in high school, we had a seven on seven tournament, and we were going. I think it was in Bonita or Claremont somewhere up there off the fifty seven. But we were playing a lot of LA schools and IE schools, and we we're playing Charter Oak in the championship game. So mm-hmm. whatever tournament we were in, it was a two day thing. On Saturday or Sunday, we we're playing in a championship against Charter Oak, 
And I don't know if you're familiar with Charter Oak, but, you know, we're a bunch of, like, small white kids, mm-hmm. Asian kids. There's, like, two black kids on our team, um, a few Hispanics. I don't know if I already said that, but, you know, and then Charter Oak is a lot of big black kids, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just overall bigger than us. And there's this one corner. I remember he was on our sideline for much of the game. He would always press high. He'd always get you, like, partially in the neck, sometimes even in the face, mm-hmm. but he's always pressing high on receivers. And a lot of receivers, they couldn't handle it. And of all dudes, it was funny because we had this one where my senior year, or it was our junior year, but senior, you know, going into senior mm-hmm. years so my last off season, this one receiver we had, he was my grade. He was actually like a model on the side, like really pretty looking white boy, like super nice, mm-hmm. calm and shit. But out of all players to start something, it was him. So he lines up against that corner who's just been bullying all our receivers all day. First thing he does off the line, clubs them on the side <laughs> of the head. Runs a post route, catches the ball, but then the corner didn't, you know, he was trailing the whole time mm-hmm. and that, that club stunned him. So he was trailing, but as soon as he caught it, he like dove and tackled him on his legs. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, it was a, you know, bench clearing yeah. brawl where we had it because he immediately like climbs up to the top of him and chart. Starts to try and throw punches. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny because it was like, you know what I mean? Like, it's always the last person you expect. Exactly. Last person you expect. The kid models, like, you know what I mean? And yeah, he's she like, like super soft spoken. You and, know, with football, like, <laughs> see, people always think, like, I talked a lot. Yeah. I just talked. It was just what I did. 707, I'm talking to the coaches. I'm asking coaches, like, this y'all quarterback? He sucked. I'm telling the coaches what he did wrong. Yeah. I'm telling the receivers what he doing just because this is what I do. Yeah. And people always think those are the ones you got to watch out for. No. It's the ones that don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah. That just sit there, quiet. Them is, like, the crazy ones on the team. Right. Because those are the ones that will blindside you, help you up, trip you, and then go make a tackle all in the same play. Like, those are the crazy ones. The ones that don't say nothing, that sit on the sideline quiet. Yeah. Those are the ones that you need to worry about. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're just there for one reason, to hit people. Yeah. I've met a whole bunch of safeties <laughs> that was like, don't even talk. There's no, nothing to talk about. It's real quiet. Mm-hmm. Crazy as hell, <laughs> crazy as hell, and it's like that's what people don't. See, that's the thing you you only experience playing football. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know like the person you should be worried about most is not the person talking the most. Right, it's the one that didn't say nothing at all. Mm-hmm. We had going to West. We had Sesayano. Yeah, he was like probably three hundred thirteen pounds, probably like two percent body fat. Mm-hmm. He was an animal. Didn't speak at all. Wouldn't say nothing to you, mm-hmm. but no, hi, and I was it. But he was the biggest beast I've ever seen. Like it right. took three people to block him. Yeah, at all times. I seen him grab two linemen, one in each arm, and push him back. So it's like you wouldn't expect that though. You would think like, all right, one of the receivers out there that's cussing somebody out and telling everybody they suck. He didn't want to worry about. Yeah, nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because you know what you're getting from him. Right. He's going to talk a lot. Like, you know what you're going to get from me. I'm going to talk a lot of shit. <laughs> but it's that linebacker that don't talk. You never know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, so it's like. Exactly. It's crazy. Football is lovely. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Because it's the only place you can do stuff like that and be like, everything's good. Of course, yeah. It's been There's been a lot of news this past week. And then right after Miles Garrett. It seemed on Saturday, you had Colin Kaepernick. He had his workout with, uh, you know, a lot of different teams showing up mm-hmm. in, in Georgia. It was like at a random high school, actually. But the media showed up. He did his workout, was throwing bombs and everything. And obviously, it brings to the question, it brings back a new cycle because he hasn't played in two seasons since 2017. 
uh, since he took the knee, and then you know since the 49ers mm-hmm. released him, no one even really gave him a shot again. But I mean, what's your opinion on it? Do you feel like he's ever going to play again? Do you think the workout was just a PR stunt? How do you feel after like Colin Kaepernick's situation? I think he should play again. I think he's good enough to play again mm-hmm. because, like, at the end of the day, you got Mason Rudolph playing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Mason Rudolph, bro. Like, I'm not saying he, he probably better than a lot of quarterbacks in high school, in college, yeah. But I don't think he's better than Colin Kaepernick. Like, mm-hmm. a lot, especially with all these injuries that's happening to quarterbacks, all this stuff going on, he definitely deserves his chance. Mm-hmm. Like, with Cam Newton being hurt, like, Kyle Allen started off balling. Yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> all right. You might want to go get, Col- you know what I'm saying? That Colin Kaepernick, Cam Newton. They're kind of like the same players because you get that same dynamic ability to run. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars. Nick Foles is not the guy you thought he was. Mm-hmm. You guys are still in the playoff hunt a little bit. Take a chance. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew had his time. Then it was like, all right. Once the hype was over with, it was like, all right. Yeah. You actually not doing that well. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Dolphins. Nobody wants to be on your team. Literally, your players don't want you to be on your team. Mm-hmm. Give them something they might want. Yeah. You never know what Conan Kaepernick could do. Yeah. Because Josh Rosen can't run. Hell no. Fitzpatrick's, Fitzpatrick's not running. Yeah. He just growing his beard out now. And it's like, you kind of got to take a chance on somebody. Yeah. Like I get with all the media hype and all this other stuff. I get all of that. Because I, I remember the quarterback, I'm not the quarterback coach, but the coach of the Broncos at the time. When Team Tebow was there, he said he they asked him why. Is when I got, didn't they trade Tebow or something like that? Yeah. They asked him why he traded him. He said every day after practice, there would be millions of fans. Yeah. Telling him start Tim Tebow, and it's like when the fans back you up so much, but your skills don't. It's hard to have you. Like if you start, you don't do good. If you're a backup. You, you you get bad attention because mm-hmm. you're not starting. So yeah. it's like you're more of a a, a threat to the team now yeah. because it's always something going on. Mm-hmm. And I get with Kaepernick, it's like you know always something going on, but he's good. And I watched I watched some of the passes he made and was like, like that last one he threw, I think like a sixty yard bomb. He threw it dead in the hands. Like all right, if he can play, play him. Mm-hmm. You know whatever. Off the field issues you guys have with him at the NFL, that's cool. But on this field, at the end of the day, when I play football, I don't care what somebody else believes in. I don't care what they do. Bro, if you can play, I want you to play mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I feel like it's a lot of players in the NFL that's like, all right, our quarterback is not working out for us. Yeah. Can we get a quarterback that at least can? At least he can run. Yeah. At the least he can run. Yeah. So it's like, I think he should play. Will he play? That I don't know. Yeah. That's, I hate to beat a dead horse, but I feel like last year and even two years ago, I already kind of gave up on Kaepernick being able to play because he's had the opportunities. I mean, even when the Jaguars had Blake Bortles and mm-hmm. he was trash for this team, they could have brought Colin Kaepernick in at least to compete and see, you know, mm-hmm. hey, put him head-to-head in practice and during training camp and whatnot. And there's a whole bunch of different situations, right? Whether it's you know Cam Newton and the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers this year, there was other teams last year that had a you put playoff potential. Mm-hmm. Think about it like the Steelers this year. Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt. It'd be nice to have a veteran quarterback who's actually taken a team to the playoffs. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's been those instances in previous seasons where I think, like, Colin Kaepernick, I don't think he's going to play in the league ever again. That's just my opinion. Or else it would have been it would have been done mm-hmm. already. To me, I guess it's just that crazy to think that we were just talking about it earlier. The, the NFL wants to make the football or the league PG, right, for all yeah. these non-football, non-football players that are viewing the sport now. And they're trying to get a lot of other people to watch. But trying to make it PG, PG-13. And it's crazy to me because, like, all these owners and all these GMs, if they're really serious about winning, they would give they would have given Colin Kaepernick a shot already. Mm-hmm. If it was, if like you said, if it was all about playing football and we're trying to win a championship, Colin Kaepernick would for sure be on the team. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't yeah. matter what you believe in. I think it just shows, though, like, how much they're actually, like, I guess it just shows how much, like, of the NFL and teams are a business to people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's still a lot of, like, you know, People and I hate to like I don't want to stereotype everyone because I'm not saying everyone from the Midwest is racist, but there's a lot of people in the Midwest and there's a lot of NFL fans in the South that mm-hmm. wouldn't support a team or support the league if Colin Kaepernick were to get um, hired by a team. Mm-hmm. That's why that's the only thing preventing a team from like you know the Jets or a team like the Redskins or a team like the Panthers from signing Kaepernick. That's crazy to me because yeah. like you said, at the end of the day, if you're winning games, who who the heck cares what you are or what what you believe in or what race you are. And, I, I don't know. It just It's weird to see this whole thing got yeah. twisted, right? Because, I mean, he did it first in a preseason game three years ago. You know, he had, but just, like, two seasons after he had led a team to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not like he was some scrub. It's not like he was some third stringer or second yeah. stringer who barely got to play. This is a dude who took a team to a Super Bowl, went to a Pro Bowl, high-level, high-caliber type of player, mm-hmm. all of a sudden for never, forever can't play again. And he has the workout. I just think it's cool. I remember hearing the news that he was going to do it. I was thinking, why is he why, why is he doing this? You know, is it just to prove that people he could still play? Yeah. I believe that he could still play, you know. I, I just, I don't know what the whole, like, purpose of the workout was. Um, granted, I think it's just to show still people that, like, maybe if there's any doubters out there saying, oh, you know, Kaepernick doesn't have an arm, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, he proved those people wrong on Saturday. And so it's just kind of crazy. Like, Colin Kaepernick, it's... I think we're going to look back in history to think, like, damn, this is weird. Like, yeah. this dude got blackballed from a league just for, for kneeling an anthem or protesting something he believed in, which is, like, ending police I think brutality. it's one of those things, like, after the fact, when it's all said and done, when his career is over with, when those people who were in that position are gone, mm-hmm. you look back and say, okay, NFL made a mistake there. Yeah, big mistake. They just made, they made a mistake there, you know what I'm saying? And then, like... The 49ers got rid of Eric Reed because of that, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the Panthers took a chance on him. Yeah. And now he's starting there. See, now you just got to start safety for nothing. Yeah. You might, like, the Lions. Who's the Lions quarterback right now with Matt Stafford hurt? Jeff Driscoll? Some scrub from exactly. Florida? I didn't even know. Did, like, Jeff Driscoll hasn't, wasn't even good his senior year. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, let's not. You know what I'm saying? Let's say, okay, he's an NFL quarterback, so he got skills. Cool. I get that. But you're not an NFL Starter caliber quarterback. Right. It's just it's not. It's just not you, bro. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick. Like I said, he at least he at the least he could do. He could run. Mm-hmm. At the least he could do. Like especially with the NFL now, with Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, all these quarterbacks. All these quarterbacks is doing what Colin Kaepernick was doing three four years ago when y'all told Colin Kaepernick you can't throw. Mm-hmm. It's not good. What what you're doing is not what a quarterback should do. Mm-hmm. All right, but now it's. The way you win MVP. Yeah, you can tailor your offense around the guy. Around him, yeah. I, I'm not gonna say. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that Colin Kaepernick's the best quarterback. No, does he have his struggles? Yeah, 
Do he have passing struggles? Yeah. But so does the MVP caliber quarterbacks we got right now. Like, yeah. Lamar Jackson's not the best passer. He might win MVP. Yeah. Deshaun Watson is not the most accurate passer, but he might win MVP. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when you look at what he's done, it's it's amazing because now all these players at least have the ability to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think the NFL needs to take a take a look at what the NBA is doing and let let your players have some fun at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When people look at the NBA and they're like, oh, their ratings are up, it's because their players are actually enjoying playing it, the game now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not a, it's not a, a I have to do this type of thing, you know? Because now you can protest. You know what I'm saying? When Donald Sterling on the Clippers, when he got caught with his thing, mm-hmm. and the Clippers went out there in the playoff game, threw off all the Clippers jersey. Yeah. And did all that stuff. The NBA didn't go, you can't do that. Right. They supported that. Right. Because you have to be able to support your employees at the end of the day because that's what they are. You're your employees. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? If you go to work and something happens to you at work and you don't like it Mm -hmm. and you say something, you don't want your boss to not put you on the schedule for it. Like, you're not fired, but you just don't get no more hours. Yeah. You can be like, bro, this is is harassment. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? You can sue. You can actually sue against them. Mm -hmm. But... The NFL can get away with it because it's the NFL. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and it's it's, it's messed up. Yeah, I think I think he can go to Lions still. I hope he goes to the NFL. I hope somebody signs him and do his thing. It's like with Melo. Mm-hmm. I hope somebody signs him. And do his <laughs> thing. That's just because when you get kicked so much, it's kind of like all right, bro. Like that was years ago. Yeah, can we make it about football again? Like all that's past us. You know what I'm saying? Everybody had their moment to talk about something. Donald Trump said this, this, and that. Oh, this person said this and that. Who cares? If I'm an owner and I'm trying to win football games, and my quarterback is the problem on my team, I feel like it's my job to bring in whoever I can bring in to win. Yeah. If I got to bring 30 quarterbacks in, we all going to try out. (laughs) And we're going to have like a a bachelorette-style elimination. Yeah. This is what we going to do so I can win. Like, if I got to bring anybody in, if I got to call Michael Vick and be like, hey, can you still run? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I got to call Brett Favre, can you still throw? It's right. just this, like, I don't I don't get it. Mm-hmm. If you're missing a key position, like a quarterback is, why are you just, I'm just going to wait. Mm-hmm. I get, okay, uh, Joe Burrow, Tank for Tua. All that stuff is like, all right, cool. I get what you're saying. But now you putting your whole franchise on a 20, 21 year old kid yeah. that you don't know what's gonna happen with him. Right. And if it pans out, cool. But if it doesn't, then what? Yeah. You'll be back looking for a Colin Kaepernick. Like, give him the shot. Yeah. Especially if you're a team that's like a middle of the road team, because yeah. he might be the push that you need for the rest of the year. Yeah. And the way I see it is like Colin Kaepernick easily could be starting. For at least five to six teams in the league right now. And then you add in injuries mm-hmm. towards the season, like the Panthers are a big one. You know, you, you probably could make an argument that Kaepernick could probably start for them right now with injuries or uh, a team like the Broncos that have an injury at their quarterback position too. And those teams are talented enough. I would argue both the Broncos and Panthers are talented enough still to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? If they had their star quarterback or if the Broncos never really had a quarterback after yeah. Peyton Manning left. But, you know, I mean, if they had a quarterback and then a, a above average one that can make some plays for them whether it's on the ground 
or through their with their arm, mm-hmm. that team's you know in the playoffs and maybe Super Bowl contending. So it's it's crazy to me that like Kaepernick has been blackballed like this and this this long, which makes me think like I said he he may never get a shot again, and it's kind yeah. of like a sad reality of it is because that dude was special to watch. I remember watching those 49ers Seahawks game, and those were so fun to watch because mm-hmm. you know him and Russell Wilson very different play style. I don't want to compare and say yeah. they're equal, but like Both either one of them. Either one of them could use their legs to make a big play, yeah. you know, and and that was so much fun to watch. The rivalry got intense too with the Seattle Seahawks defense, but then the 49ers offense yeah. at the time. So it was it was crazy to watch those games, and even the Super Bowl he was in, you know, him battling out with Joe Flacco and the Ravens and the Harbaugh Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the whole there's a lot of Ray good, Lewis and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there was a lot of good moments with Colin Kaepernick on the field of football, which is crazy to think like just five years later from all that four or three. You know what I mean? He's just not around at He's all. He's not around at all anymore. I remember he. I remember watching the game he played against the Packers, where he ran for like 184 yards. That yeah. was like, and then watch the best. This is how you know somebody's good when you watch the defensive players around him. I remember watching Clay Matthews get like so frustrated for yeah. not being able to tackle this dude. Like, drop back, send the blitz in, man up, boom! Caught Kaepernick runs for 80 yards for a mm-hmm. touchdown, and it's like just. It's just like it's crazy, like. Yeah. So how does he not have a job? Like, <laughs> I don't. I can't. I don't understand an NFL where Mason Rudolph, Jeff Driscoll. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who the Broncos quarterback is. Brandon Allen. How do they? Come on now. Yeah. Like even guys like Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota, those guys are trash. You know what I mean? Titans are another team that could potentially make the playoffs if they had a good quarterback. But you, but you won't put your pride away for some wins. Yeah. So you just, I don't know. I'm prideful. When we're talking about pride winning, I'm not trying to lose. If I got it, if I got to tell my best friend like, "Hey, bro, I'll make you sit on the bench and we're gonna bring this dude in." Well, I don't like him, but he can throw his ass off and he can run. Guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna try to win. That's right. just, I don't know. That's just how I'm built. Yeah. I just I can't understand it. I don't know what's gonna happen. I know the media talking about, you know, uh, him moving and all the other stuff. I don't know none of the, the reasons. I don't know none of the reasons why the NFL finally gave him a try, or I don't know. But for whatever reason it is, skill wise, we're talking about football. He should be on somebody's team. He should be starting. Yeah. This Sunday, not knowing half the playbook, I would take him over Kyle Allen. Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Every, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll could have every player memorized, and I still would be like, Kaepernick, go in. Yeah. <laughs> what play I'm going to do? Don't care. Make something happen. Have the receivers run, and if you want to run, run. Yeah. If you want to throw the ball to them, even better. But throw the ball, yeah. just go out there and have fun. Just yeah. go out there and be be you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Be the athlete that you are. Yeah. Because it wins games. You know what I'm saying? Like, just be you, like, and they put so much emphasis on his throwing ability. Yeah, like I get he's not the best thrower, but when you look at everything else he brings, I'm going to take that as a starting quarterback. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And if you are as a coach going to tell him not to do it, how is that his fault that y'all losing? No, it's your fault. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember Cam Newton. They told Cam Newton not to run so much. It took all these running quarterbacks not to run so much. And they started losing games. You know? Like, Cam Newton got you there doing what Cam Newton do. Yeah. So, when you get to the Super Bowl, you don't put holes on Cam Newton. No. 
Colin Kaepernick got you there by doing what he does. So when you get to the Super Bowl, you don't put holds on that person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now look at Lamar Jackson. Harbaugh's just like, look, I don't care what you do. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. And he's out there like like a video game, bro. Like, yeah. Colin Kaepernick is not, I'm not going to say Colin Kaepernick has that elusiveness that Lamar Jackson has, but he for sure has way more speed, more elusiveness than Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, I hate to keep bringing it up, man, but yeah, Jeff Driscoll. Kyle Allen, like, yeah. whoever the Broncos quarterback is, like, I don't know, bro. I think NFL kind of just needs to take the politics out of the game mm-hmm. and let people play. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, like, one of your favorite plays. I remember the favorite play I watched with Kaepernick. It was against the Seahawks. I believe it was an NFC Championship game. And he ran a read option, faked the handoff, and it was a good one. And, you know, he had the corner. But it looked like, I, I don't know if it was Bobby Wagner or one of the other linebackers mm-hmm. uh, for Seattle that. But it just seemed like he had the angle on him. And next thing you know, Kaepernick hits it into, like, another gear. Because he has those long strides. It doesn't... <clears throat> It doesn't look like he's running that fast, he's right? So fast. But he's just leaping and like next thing you know, he's like ten yards away from that linebacker. The safety Earl Thomas is barely struggling and they finally push him out of bounds after like a forty five yard gain. Mm-hmm. But it was just the craziest thing to think that like, you know, and, and the corner was squeezing in too. I don't I think it was the opposite one of Sherman at the year. But you know I mean you see like both of these players like chasing Kaepernick neck and neck. Just, and the next thing you know, he's just 10 yards down the field past them yeah. and, and and you know they're lucky to push him out of bounds after a big game so that's like that's the type of playmaking that any team would love yeah. right it doesn't matter what your skin color is it shouldn't matter what your religion is it shouldn't matter what you believe in or how you protest I, I, I just I think that's crazy that he's not in the league man I, it's a lot of I don't know NFL is weird yeah because I feel like like it took Eli Benning all them years to, to be a backup <laughs> like it's happening right now with Phillip Rivers like Phillip Rivers it's horrible right now. Mm-hmm. Next year, he might be better. But right now, when you got Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, the defense that you got, the O-line, bro, y'all just was in the, what, the AFC champ? No, not the AFC. Yeah, the AFC championship last year, right? No. The uh, divisional division round. You guys were supposed to be in the AFC championship this year. Yeah. Fix the problem. Like, I don't understand how you just, if my, if my car is not working because the brakes don't work, I'm going to fix the brakes so the car can get working. You know right. what I'm saying? So, and my quarterback is not doing good. Yeah. Why not try something else? Yeah. I understand Phillip Rivers has done everything for all that is cute. But at the end of the day, we need to win. Mm-hmm. Put somebody else in. Yeah. That's just, just, just what it comes down to. Like, it's not working. He threw four interceptions. Get him out. Yeah. I don't care who he is. Yeah. If Tom Brady has a bad season and we're – at week nine, and he's still throwing interceptions, and we not looking good. Hey, Tom, you might have to uh, go take a seat. We're going to try something else, see if we can get some wins going. Because, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know, I, especially the Chargers, they need to figure like it's just it's just too much going on in the NFL that they just need to take the politics and the pride out and the he's this and who's who and just go, all right, can I get the best player on the field? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to take to – Get them to that next level. Yeah. No. Chargers are a big mess. I mean, they got they got problems up and down the organization because they can't even they, they can't, can't even, even sell out their own home stadium. <laughs> and their home stadium is a soccer stadium. That's yep. the worst part. Yep. Like, you've got twenty thousand seats. You can't sell out twenty thousand seats. I guarantee you, right now, if you put Saint John Bosco versus Modern Day, oh. they're going to sell out the Coliseum. 
Oh, for nah, sure. No, no, no actually, no. That one's that's too big. But they're definitely sell out the, the Anaheim Angel Stadium. They're, they're set, that's what I'm saying. They sell out the what is it, Stub Hub Center? They yeah. can sell out a Stub Hub Center for sure. Easily. You can put a Poly game versus somebody. Yeah, like you Poly can, versus Wilson. Nah, nah. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Hell no. <nah. laughs> Hell no! Nah. You know what's gonna happen to them. And I went there. That's how I know. Shit. But nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> Maybe like a Poly versus like Crenshaw or Poly versus Narbonne. Yeah. Wilson was cool. Just Wilson don't have the, the the fans. They don't get that fan support like other people do. Yeah, I feel you. It's just I'm not gonna say they don't, but it's just different. Mm-hmm. A lot of those fans were just there to be at the game. It's not like you watching football. <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, like, yeah. you just got to kind of know what environment you're in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But really appreciate your time again, man. Appreciate this. Anytime, Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Really appreciate you guys. Remember, you can find this podcast on Apple. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, all the platforms. And if there isn't one, be sure to let me know. Follow me on social media at underscore Noah Alvarez on Twitter at Noha underscore Alvarez on Instagram. And follow the My Mike and I page on Instagram at my period Mike and period I. Once again, guys, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the My Mike and I podcast. This is your host, Noah Alvarez, signing off. Till next time.